Hey, everybody. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, whoa, that was scary. All right, who do we have here today? Crystal and Tiana. Crystal and Tiana. Angie is uh, not available tonight, and Sarah is at the lake with her family. Doing family stuff. Doing family things, family things. at the lake. So, episode 12 in the books for The Handmaid's Tale. What did we think? Just a real quick overall. Half the episode, I was thinking, like, I can't believe this is the second to last one. Right? No. I feel like it was just a lot, a lot quieter, even considering what happened. It was, it was less stressful. <laughs> That's true. Not as quiet as the last episode. True. But just a little less going stuff. on yeah. than we're used to mm-hmm. in this show. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I talked to the guy who wrote this episode. He's going to be, uh, th- that interview will be available this week, Eric Tuckman. He is uh, the writer of this episode, Postpartum is the name of the episode, by the way. I told him that I was very impressed by their ability to somehow, like every three or four episodes, just leave us in the spot where we have no idea what's going to happen next. Like, every, not like in a cliched kind of, you know, right, tropey kind of like way. genuinely. Uh, yeah. Everybody at the end of this episode, you're like, I have no idea where anybody's going to go. I have lots of ideas, but I'm pretty sure they're all wrong. Right? It was so funny on Twitter, speaking to that, uh, some guy tweeted me and he's like, I... <laughs> This is great. I, I find it funny that people feel bad for us, and I don't know if he legitimately feels bad, but he was like, I always hate that your theories get blown up the next day by the trailer or the next episode. And he's like, you guys should watch the trailer and talk about the trailer. And I was like, we don't even we record before we see the trailer. And I was like, yeah. I love like extrapolating all the crap that we can think of oh, that could yeah. possibly be, be happening, you know? So I think it's fun, even yeah, when totally our theories same. blow up. Same. I agree. It was the same thing with, uh, they put these little, uh, which is cool. I just haven't watched them because we watch them before we do the show and we don't actually watch them on Hulu. They have like these little uh, behind the episode extra things that they started doing this season. I just season. discovered them. They're awesome. Yeah. And so people are like <laughs> asking, why don't you know this? You should watch the extra. I'm like, okay, we record before. We don't have all that stuff, so yeah. Yeah, I wish I did. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I kind of like not. I like, ha- I like having. Yeah, yeah, I, I do like t- being like, what? What will happen? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. When I'm watching a show, not really. When it's just a show I'm watching that we don't do a show about, uh, I don't watch the uh, teaser for the next episode because, like, I don't. I feel like sometimes they just give too much away. From I me. agree. Um, so, on this uh, week of content, we have some great things. We have a Sydney Sweeney interview. For those of you who don't know, that is Eden. And I will say, after this episode. People on the internets, as I've been saying, that she's the only pure good thing in the Gilead, you all owe Sydney Sweeney an Eden apology. Seriously. Everyone on the internets owes this character a big apology and should go to this character's funeral that won't happen and put flowers <laughs> and apologize. Just like It's like the end of Carrie. Everybody should be sorry for her. Because I've heard nothing, but people are like, she's trouble. She's awful. She's uh, she's not awful. She just needs somebody to care for her. I know. And I've said that she's all along. Like, yeah. No, I agree. Now, and I get it because even we talked to Eric Tuckman, who's the writer who did the I mean, other I'm, the other yeah. interview we have this week, and he even said, leading up to it, they laid it out that way so that viewers would kind of think that with the letters and some of the other things that they, like being at the market when the all those handmaids were doing their names and she was there. So they kind of placed that. I did that. not buy it. I did not think she was doing any of that evil stuff. Oh, that's interesting. No. See, I thought there was a little, but I didn't get like the whole like, she's awful. And like, people were like, for real, I hope she ends up on the wall. And I was like, whoa. Dang. I thought she was plotting. Yeah, I was no, like, people I are harsh. So this episode, I was like, see, I believe she was her. the only one. She was the only pure thing in this whole deal. Like it wasn't her fault. She was raised yeah. here. She was trying to do the right thing all the time. And that scene in the locker room about broke me. Oh, oh dang. right, that was rough. And I thought it was kind of appropriate because she's fifteen oh. and her breakup took place in a locker room. Oh, <laughs> I thought that was That's pretty nice. awesome. 
Uh, yeah, so we got a Sydney Sweeney interview this week and Eric Tuckman, who was the writer of this episode, which he was great. I talked to him today and he was fantastic. So really, uh, that stuff will be out Thursday and Friday. And um, we are going to get right into this episode because there is much, much to talk about. I don't know if I appreciate it or not that we didn't get to see any of the in-between about how we got back here, about how everybody got about pulling up and the shenanigans that had to take place inside the house. Yes. I did not feel like I needed to see that. I feel like we've kind of seen that a couple of times already when she's been drugged back to the Waterfords or back somewhere, although this time she was not at the Waterfords at first. No, she was in the Again. Red Center. Again. Her and Lydia. Boy, if you Chumming escaped, wouldn't you be like, that place, that is the first place you should bomb, right there. <laughs> that one. There were a couple interesting things about the Red Center we'll get to. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, so June is basically breast pumping, which is our opening scene initially, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, well, actually, I'm sorry. Old school I'm sorry. hospital first, breast pump, too. Our first opening, our opener is actually the baby and someone talking to the baby. And that someone happens to be Serena, which is when you figure out that shit has gone down and what you hoped and feared was what you feared was what I mean did anybody finish. have any hope after those cars pulled up right yeah. after she gave birth I, I like Crystal's Crystal's like network TV Crystal's theory of, hope. of Nick beating up the two guardians <laughs> to steal in the car coming back and get it and then taking off to Canada like 1960s Batman Basically, you know yes. all that. I wish they filmed this like 1960s Batman <laughs> where the thing they used to do in Batman is uh, all the in, all the, the villains would they filmed it tilted did you ever notice that all the villain no, scenes were at an angle that. because they were crooked. That was oh like the God. whole deal. No, oh, dead serious. No, I didn't notice that. Yeah, like all That's the regular funny. Batman shots would be like, you know, regular standing up. And then when they'd film the villains, they would all be at an angle. Mm-hmm. That was not my 60s show yeah. of choice. So. <laughs> I love that show. So then we get the name of the baby. And uh, Crystal brought up a fantastic <laughs> point, which I did not even think about. So Crystal, tell us your... Yeah, I think that somebody is trolling Nick like a mother. Like somebody named the baby Nicole. That is... <laughs> Hilarious! I can't figure out if it was Nick, if it was uh sorry Serena or if it was uh the commander, but somebody was like, oh yeah, let's do Nicole. No way the commander named that baby. He no might have been. It might have been a hand wave to Nick, like I know what you did, sucker. Man, that, I didn't no. even think about that, and that is brilliant. But yeah. Serena could also be just being Serena, like oh, I think Nicole. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay, yeah, see, she would do that. Yeah, she would. she's petty. Uh, so now we're at the Red Center, June breast pumping. Aunt Lydia is inquiring about the uh, state of things as she tends to do, as is her job. And she's talking about what a miracle it is. And then there, so now we get the official storyline of like much like when she was kidnapped mm-hmm. the first time, mm-hmm. quote unquote, kidnapped. So this is the, her line is being out for a drive and going into labor to go into labor, then deliver in an empty house. I can't bear to think what might have happened if those neighbors hadn't found you. It is like a fairy tale <laughs> in the room. Like, who is she saying this for? I think she's just saying it to make little, it real. I was a little like uh, there was some lady a little in the back. Compu- oh other yeah, the fake other ants. The other ants, well, not fake. The other ants. <laughs> They're not fake. They're just <laughs> we don't see them very much. Um, that makes more sense. So then the big thing is the chest checking for the amount of breast milk, which uh, it's less than it was the other day. Yeah, so. for anybody that has never pumped, um, when you're pumping, your body doesn't make milk as well and as efficiently as it does when you're actually breastfeeding a baby. And that shit is liquid gold. You work hard for it. It is difficult <laughs> to pump. It does that not feel this. good. Nobody enjoys that situation. But it does like lessen and lessen every day, and it's really depressing to watch. What comes, what they come around to is basically her not being around the baby is keeping her from 
lactating as much as she would if she was around the baby, yeah. correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and if she hasn't been around the baby since it was born, oh. Yeah, and we don't know how long it's hard. been. Again, we don't really have a timeline. Yeah, it's really you hard know? to tell. So it doesn't seem like it's been that long, but long. we'll see. Uh, and then there's some great things here from Lydia. Uh, June did say, since the ship the baby over to the Waterford, she's like, you promised to take care of the baby. And Lydia says, one can't let perfect be the enemy of good. Yeah, so that's something I say sometimes. And like now I'm like, oh. Ah! <laughs> I mean, I have that's... seen a I've seen a lot of that on social media of people like catching themselves saying things that they hear on the show, like, you know, blessed day or like, you know, just random stuff that's on the show. And they're I like, have, I have. And you weren't here when we were discussing this. Justin and Sarah didn't believe me that like blessed day is like just a thing that you hear older people of color say at church like that is a thing. Thing every church that... has a saying actually, yeah, like the my, the one that my grandmother goes to is praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah, and that's how they greet each other. And like, I don't know. It's right. I don't know. Like, she looked like she was feeling guilty when she said that. I don't know. Oh, I know. Is Lydia does come around a little bit later. She kind of helps her out because that's basically how she ends up back at the house. Is Lydia kind of shoehorns that into happening, basically, kind of coerces Fred into saying, "Well, this is maybe the best thing," because she rolls like that. She offers June some baked goods because apparently people are like doing like recruitment baskets. Yeah, that's weird. That was gross. Right? Yeah, they're recruiting her via her pimp, basically. Good call. That's a very good call. That's, it was weird. And Uh, she's like, here, have a muffin. You've earned it, which is the best line, right? You've earned it. Uh, and she says, I think I've earned a whole cake, which <laughs> which I love. Yeah. I love now that these relationships with everyone have evolved. Like yeah. the interactions are just like totally like off script. That was really uh, a nice little moment. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Lydia never goes off script, though, right? No matter what anyone says to her. Like even when she's off script, like saying, you know, you can't let the perfect be the enemy of good. That's not even like a thing she would normally say. But even when she's off script, it totally sounds like she's on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so she's like, prideful girls don't get anything. <laughs> Come on. And and this is the point where you're like, June, stop fucking with Aunt Lydia. Again, why are we fucking with her? This is when one. people's hands get burnt. She, she still gave her a muffin. She's probably got a handmaid in the corner. And she's just going to go, you want me to burn that girl? <laughs> Talk again. I well, they could do it to her actually, now. That thing June is actually in Aunt Lydia's heart, though. I think if she's and taken clear. anyone's, like, if she's gotten in anyone's head, it's been Aunt Lydia. Yeah. I think agree. she's got her. Yeah, I totally they shared agree, a moment. Too. And she definitely sees the Waterfords for yeah. real. For sure. She gets a brand muffin and she says, praise fucking be, which is what we'd all say if we picked the brand muffin. Uh, so in some notes I made for this uh, scene, uh, the other ants in the background are talking about how she's got less breast milk and it's like barely one point. It's like 1.25 ounces, which is barely over an it's ounce. It's like a shot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just a shot of just breast milk. Just one shot of breast milk. <laughs> Sorry, Nicole slash Holly. You just got a shot today. Shot, shot, shot. Uh, and then I noticed the, uh, which I hadn't noticed before because I haven't really seen much of it. Um, the chests at the end of the beds where they were were all red, mm. which is appropriate, but I just had never noticed the, them yeah, before. Yeah, their suitcases and everything are red too. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. pretty cool. All right, next scene two, stupid Fred, Commander Horace, and the creepy guy that was talking to June. I don't know his name. I didn't bother looking it up, but he's probably one that sent the brand muffins. Because <laughs> he's the one that was talking about her and he was the one that was like all about talking to his handmaid who was reaching their expiration date. Yeah, oh, creepy. Uh, so apparently Fred's new job is, quote, running point on media expansion. Anybody care to venture what that means? Yeah. Don't you think that they are doing um, media in other countries? You would hope so. To try to turn PR. the tide and, yeah, get some yeah. trade. I guess we'll see. But if Fred's in charge of it, it's going to be, it's going to fail. Uh, so Fred does refer to Nick as the real hero because, again, the other part of this storyline is that uh, Nick 
had a misunderstanding with some, quote, overzealous guardians, and Nick protected the child. Yeah, I really want to know more about this misunderstanding. I really quote, do want to know what happened. Yeah, I do want to. I do want to know what happened. Right. Never. Yeah. I, I, I want that whole day from like everybody else's perspective. I wish they'd do that. It would be amazing. Yeah, that'd be cool. That's mostly just because I really love when Fred and Serena fight because it's just outstanding. I mean, it's terrible for them as two people that don't really exist. But Oh, no, it's fantastic I, to watch. I love watching it. Uh, and I love the fact that Nick, when Fred says that out loud, has this look on his face like, seriously, does anybody in this room believe any of this shit? I don't think so. I don't know. He kind of always has that look on his face. <laughs> I know. Like, his face is saying? always saying, seriously. Saying? Uh, so Nick's holding a picture. And then Nick hangs the, hangs the picture up, and lo and behold, it is a... Uh, Family portrait of the creepiest family portrait ever of the Waterfords and their new baby Nicole. That AKA was Hall. the most mannequin-looking portrait I've ever seen. Well, look who you're talking about now. Fred says, "Inspiring, isn't it?" Mm, inspire me to get a new photographer, right? And Nick ends this scene with praise B. So their first two scenes end with praise B, which I thought was odd. But uh, notes the family photo looks just like the photos. That we Does saw it? last year when she was in the waiting room getting rid of the, the OBGYN yeah. for the first time. They had all the pictures. They were smaller. They were like Maybe eight by only, tens. you only get a photo if you have, have a baby. baby. No, that's what it was for. Because like it was all the commanders and their wives and the babies across like the whole office, the waiting room essentially of that OBGYN's hmm. office. Hmm. And it was basically the same shot of the commander and the wife sitting and holding the baby. Uh, Serena at home with the baby is our next scene. And Eden is uh, holding the baby. <laughs> and she's opening this trunk of baby clothes, and she's excited that now she can use them all. Thank God, she says. No one, I don't know who's thanking God for anything that is happening in this place. She's probably thanking God. Remember how much she hates knitting? That's <laughs> true. Right. She knitted all those I clothes. I forgot about that That's She too. hates that shit. She's like, nah, it's all done. I can she's like, yeah. this shit. That's no, she's awesome. got to keep going now. The baby's going to need more clothes. Yeah. Keep... But at least she gets things. to use them. I think she won't mind so much now. Uh, Serena tells Eden that patience and service and sacrifice, it's all worth it in the end. I guess we'll see how she figures that out in the next couple episodes. Mm, yeah. uh, so Rita comes in, bah, 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 explains to Serena, and Serena doesn't like being explained to, mm, in case yeah. anyone was keeping score. But to be fair, like, Rita had a baby. She knows. Oh, yeah. That's the, even why, That's why Serena's mad about it. Right? That's right. Because yeah, somebody's telling her about a real on. experience they had, and she didn't have it. I don't know if you've been paying attention to this character. Uh, but come on. She, like, has knowledge that is important for Serena to understand at that point. Rationality is not her strong suit. Mm. However, strong swings of emotion are. This is very true. She's a big fan. <laughs> this is true. Big fan. Uh, so notes for this scene. Uh, Eden mentions uh, she used to help her mother a lot with her sister after Serena compliments her on being good with the baby. And Serena tells her, your sister, your parents have been so blessed, which I thought was a little bit of a backhand compliment in the fact that her parents had two children and Serena is just now getting one that's not even hers. I didn't think so. I thought that was genuine. No. I'm done thinking genuine for Serena. I don't think anymore. Why don't you think that she would think that they were so lucky to have two children? I think she really thinks that, but I think she also is like saying it in a... Oh, you're you're so blessed, but my life sucks because well, I only have this one. She genuinely likes Eden. No, you I know, think my... she definitely was like, your sister, your parents have been so blessed. Like, oh, wow, right. that sucks for me, but not so much like a backhand okay. Eden. Uh, so, and then this is something else that came last week, and I edited this part out of the podcast because I was not sure, and I'm still not entirely sure. So don't get mad at me if this is wrong, but somebody put this online, and I think I think this is right. So there was this whole thing last week where I'd read that, in the book, they talk about how the initial like infertility occurred at the mm-hmm. rich people, basically, mm-hmm, because right. they don't really go outside of their social circle mm-hmm. when they get together. Uh, and so that they are the ones who actually 
stopped having kids and stopped having the ability to have children, which I think is interesting because the people that we have seen have the ability to get pregnant in this society so far have been Janine, June, the Akana wife. wife, and then Eden's mom, who had mm-hmm. two children. So I think without really telling us that, it's kind of mm-hmm. interesting. It's that definitely they're, implied, yeah. yeah We've you know. only seen one commander's wife who was able to conceive. I also don't know like if he started out as an Akano guy. Like I don't know like, like because they talk probably. about him getting promoted. And at when they're talking in that they scene. They do, but I was imagining, like, because he would have to go through, like, Nick territory first right. and, like, work his way up. I think up he was already and, up there and then yeah, got promoted. I thought so, too. Well, I thought before. he must have been somebody important before. I just thought that was interesting that they haven't really said that in the show, nor have they shown that in the show. Um, and especially given the other part of it, which is that the husbands are supposed to be the ones that are really infertile. So we never really know if the women... Serena included, are technically infertile, although Bruce says she is. He made a point of saying the gunshot right. did not make her infertile. She was infertile like everyone else, yeah. thus implying that I she I found that really infertile. interesting in the interview because we all assumed. I mean, like, the world assumed. Like, right. it wasn't just... That there was were several funny. things that he talked about where, like, the world at large watching this show assumed one thing, and he was like, oh, whoops. <laughs> yeah. All right, next scene. Lydia and June out for a walk. Isaac, however, standing outside, and this is the part that I found very interesting per our conversation with... Uh, and uh, so Isaac is standing outside and him and June exchange this little glance before she walks into the sanctuary or the theater. Yeah, they will. And I thought this is very interesting. One, because we had talked about everybody wants a backstory for Aunt Lydia, right? And Ann Dowd has always said that she's thought that she was a teacher. I and completely agree. When we yeah. had when we had our conversation with Ann Dowd, um, teacher. Sarah, who is a teacher, uh, made a point of saying, private school teacher because Sarah's a public school teacher. She's like, private school teacher, not a public school teacher. <laughs> and so I thought it was very interesting because we haven't seen very many things in the Red Center to indicate, couldn't tell like what kind of school. But this was the oh, first yeah. one because this is clearly a like worship slash sanctuary area. There yes, pews. definite pew. Yeah, so right, yeah. I think that kind of confirms that, which I thought was interesting. Um, so, yeah, I didn't even put that together. But yeah, yeah you're right. Well, well, I mean, they did have a big bell. I didn't even put that together before yeah. either. Until so I never had a big bill in my public school. <laughs> nope. nope. Me either. So no, I did not put that together. I probably should have. But you know, you got to figure if Lydia is in charge and they're wanting to stay on their home turf and somewhere they know and that they feel like yeah. they know really well that they would stay where they were. And it know? just seems like what Gilead would do, oh, right? Totally. Like you pick the big Catholic school or something. Exactly. With plenty of pews. Exactly. Everything you need to brainwash some ladies. Is Jesus a part of Gilead? That was something else somebody mentioned to me. That Yeah, I don't think anybody's been like, of Jesus. super Jesus-y. No one said Jesus mm-hmm. at all. And I think all of the, no, Philippians I think is in the New Testament, so never mind. You're going to have to guess on that because me and John have already failed books of the Bible. Or Corinthians. The the love scripture is not in the love Old Testament. Because I was thinking maybe there's just some Old Testament mm-hmm. type stuff or maybe they just, maybe that's, yeah. that's all. My, um, my knowledge ends local. at, I know that part is from Corinthians because I see it written on things that other people own in their homes and I'm like, oh, it's that thing again. Yeah. We turn the corner and there's stupid Fred with Nick at his side. Um, Fred is a, why, hello there. Uh, really? Uh, that's stupid. Uh, right? Face yeah. that he does. Like he's going to start saying, hello, my lady. Hello, my darling. Like, what are you doing? Why hello? Just stop. Just shut it's up. It's like he's expecting you to be pleasantly surprised to I see know. him. Oh. Like, all the time. Well, here's the interesting thing, right? And I just came to this realization, and I apologize for other people who have come to this realization. Like, he sincerely believes everything that he's doing is being done by him for the reasons that he's doing. When he thought that Nick would never betray him, 
He was dead serious. Yeah. And this week when they have this scene later where he's like asking her how her reunion with Hannah was, like it was the greatest thing he'd done for anybody. Yes. He's serious. He really thinks he did a great thing. Yes. Oh, I thought he was digging into her. No. no. I think mental. he really believes it. No. I talked to the writer today and I was like, I just came to that realization that he really like thinks that he is on the up and up. He and was feels... shocked when the first handmaid killed herself. Yeah. I think he just does not understand Stupid Fred, like you said. In his mind, everything he's doing is from the heart and sincere, and he believes that he's doing it for the right yeah. reason. I think he gets that not everybody agrees with what he is doing, but I don't think he understands the depth of how he is ruining people's lives himself by his own decisions. Fred steps aside in dramatic fashion, right. and there's the baby. Now, I thought this was also interesting that June's first reaction was like, nope, nope, yeah. nope, I'm out. And I didn't know if that was like a... Kind of trying to disassociate herself or... If... I, yeah, I think that's straight up self-protection. Yes. Yeah, because, I mean, I, if I were June in that situation, I would assume that, like, this is going to be, like, a two seconds with the baby and then they leave, which is what he thinks, too. Uh, get her I, lactate and then get out. I made a note that Nick makes the Nick face, which is the this. Nick which is face. The, which is the Nick, the Nick face is basically no expression. And you just it is amazing. look in the general direction of the person. I commented to somebody on Slack the other day that the little emoji with the no expression reminded me of... <laughs> that's Nick face. Nick. Uh, the, the no no expression oh, yeah, like straight, straight lines straight lines straight lines for eyes they need to put some brows on yeah it. give it some give it some brows jagged crayola brows that's what somebody needs to do some smart person out there that's more creative than me um can you make handmaid's tale emojis if you could do that tomorrow i feel like somebody has already done this Let's and we just it. need to find it on the internet uh so then i love it. june starts lactating immediately now i know that that is a thing that happens yeah now, does it happen that immediately? That immediately. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So it can. Baby, I mean, it's, I'm sure it doesn't for everybody, and it's it not can. every time you see your baby. But yeah, it totally can. Okay. Yeah. There like were many a... times where I was like out, like running an errand when he was a baby, and we would be at Target. I hear a baby cry across Target, and like, thank God I was wearing maternity bras with pads in them. That is so magical. That. It's not magical. It's just damp. It's just amazing that, that, that our bodies and brains do all that connection and talking for sorry no one wants like wet food and then of no. course aunt lydia not one to uh not go off script uh this is god's way dear i love it. it's like she's got it she's got a thing for everything it's magic it is magic <laughs> i love it uh and fred is like got this look on his face when she starts lactating did anybody else notice this that he like stares at her breasts and then like looks up and you're like no no no, no. <laughs> stop it right now because he gets that look like, oh, and then you're like, Seriously? I did not notice that, but oh, I wouldn't I totally put did. it past him. And he says, yes, well, that did the trick. That's his line. And then he grabs the baby and he's like, cool, I'll see you later. Lydia says that that would be very helpful if June could nurse the baby. So this is the point where Lydia kind of comes to the rescue, right? Because she's promised June that she's going to keep the baby safe. And basically the only way she's going to do that at this point is by having June be anywhere near it to protect it. So she lobbies for June to be able to go to the house. Once again, making the Red Center to Waterford House transition uh, that we have come to know and love. And Nick, again, makes the Nick face. And uh, June swallows her pride and says, may I be worthy. Ugh. And then Lydia lays it on. One more layer, cherry on top, says, consider what's best for your daughter to Mr. Waterford. And I did make a note here, June, good face acting. Mm-hmm. There's some killer face acting in this episode just overall. It's like seeing her in other things when she's got this face, you know, like you're like, all right. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we call it. I like face acting. Like, it's not a thing. Neither is Lady Putnam. Neither is Stupid Fred. Oh, Lady Putnam's totally a thing. Lady Putnam should be a thing. Hashtag Lady Putnam. All right. So back to the Waterford house. 
Here we go. This is like what our one, two, it's our third trip back, right? Yeah. Now the she best like... part of the whole thing is that Serena has no idea that this is gonna happen. Oh God, yeah, that was. I because yeah. they don't have cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, babe, listen. So we come back with the handmaid. <laughs> I know you're gonna be mad, but like, listen, the baby just needs. He wouldn't call her ahead milk. of time. He would make Nick, <laughs> Nick call her or something. Can you imagine? Hey, Rita, tell her the baby's coming back. <laughs> I don't have time to talk to her. I know she's gonna be pissed. <laughs> I would, oh God! We on the way. Can you imagine how more messy this whole show would be if they did have cell phones and they could text to each other? <laughs> like just how bad things would be. I mean, that's hilarious. Silly. I didn't even thought about that. Gilead with cell phones, like it would be amazing. Uh, so June gets to go to the, go back to her room where Serena likes to put her. And uh, oh, I did make a note that the we're back to the Waterford's house that they stole from someone and they selected on the Gilead version of House Hunters, as Sarah and I have come to. Uh, <laughs> refer to the house because Sarah gets very angry when we talk about the house because it is not their house bold underline uh so June's back in the chair in the room and she breaks the fourth wall like seriously I'm here fucking again and she looks right at us and says I know we're here I'm sorry like she's apologizing to us well Bruce is apologizing to us through her Serena and says did you let her touch my child and I feel like all the viewers in the world at this point were like I will cut you lady I literally shouted bitch that's not your baby yep it's not your baby shut up if I did not watch the show while my child was asleep upstairs, I would be screaming. Oh no, at yeah, the screen. I literally scared my cat and my boyfriend screaming. I this episode. make all kinds of gestures and faces. That is hilarious. Very quietly. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, you know, I have moments where I feel sympathetic toward her situation, and then I'm like, nope, no, nope, not no. anymore. Nah, don't do it. Don't no. don't fall for it. All right, so we get a little bit of a friend Serena 2.0, the fight here, which is pretty great. Oh, it's not. And- Mm-hmm. It's pretty. It's not as epic as the other one, but I was still impressed with how much they were going at it. Right at the house. Same. Yeah, with other people there. Uh, it made a note here. They have not recovered from the previous argument, which you know I didn't expect them to. Serena is like losing it, and it's hilariously ironic as she talks about the baby needing to be in a calm environment, and Fred's making it very difficult. I was like, seriously, I'm sure this baby is just feeling all the calm and all the love in the world in this house right now. Clearly, <laughs> and Fred. Fred says, well, it doesn't have to be crazy like it, she's thinking it has to be. As in, please stop making it crazy. It's your fault. It's crazy. Serena decrees to the land that June shall have no contact with the baby. Rule number one. Rule number two, she pumps where? In her room. In her room, In her room where Serena likes for her to be. Go to your room. Do you think Fred realizes that the only time the house was not crazy is when he was in the hospital? One of the things, especially we talked about how I don't know where anybody's going at the end of this episode, right? And one of the things I think Fred kind of comes to realize is that this baby has brought him nothing but problems. Like Serena wanting the baby, June coming there to make the baby, the baby being there, the baby leaving, the baby escaping. The whole deal has just made his life hell. And not that like it's all about Fred, but I mean, from his standpoint, in his mind, he's got to be like... I don't think he realizes that. I I think he does. I think he does a little bit. He's not that smart. But uh, I love the mother knows best. Dude. Oh. I was like, damn. Yeah. He walked by and he was like, well, mother knows best. And I was like, I, ah! yeah. I was like, why that couldn't somebody else have that sick burn? <laughs> All right. It does, Where's Rita? It does suck that Fred had to get the burn. It was it so great. carried on the heat from the previous conversation. They still really, truly hate each other. Oh, oh man. man. They, they do. do. Yeah. Like in a bad way. All right. Notes yeah. from this scene. Uh, June's room, the music box is still there, which I thought was interesting. Is there more furniture in there? I don't think there was that much furniture people, in there before. People listening out there, tell us if there was more stuff. I yes, felt like it was just. Tell me if I'm crazy or not. I felt like it was just a I wider shot of the room where it could actually see everything. No, I don't think there was no, stuff on the wall with the closet. That, she always goes back to that 
fucking bed and sits down, <laughs> yeah. right? There yep. wasn't stuff against the wall with the closet and things like that. Uh, so the music box was in there, which I think if Serena knew she was coming back, that music box would have been in another <laughs> box somewhere else. That's my box. And then um, also said that the breast pump machine is in there because that's where she's supposed to pump, per the decree. And then uh, Serena sucks, and there can be no other opinion, was my other note from this <laughs> this scene. I, I don't see how anybody else can feel anything, although they try and make you feel the feelings at the end of this they episode. Do, they succeed with me sometimes, but understand. then I still go back to no. She held her down. Yeah, that was this was my scene where I put the note. Is it be, is it good or bad for Fred that this baby is in the house? It has only brought trouble for his like entire being. Everything. It, the thing right. that has brought trouble is Fred being in the house, not that baby being in the house. Come I on. know, but just the whole, the whole damn the system is guilty as hell. Again, I'm thinking from Fred's mindset there. Yeah, and it, does his resentment of Serena and this whole situation start to kind of push him towards maybe helping June in her situation to get the hell out of here with her baby, so I don't have to deal anymore? Yeah. Oh, that, no. That's a little extreme. It's no. just a thought that crossed my mind. Don't what if get... anybody even had an inkling of that? They already want to off him. The first handmaid killed herself. This handmaid has escaped twice. It's true. Come on. He's in trouble. He is really in trouble. I mean, he should already be in really serious wall. trouble. He only isn't because they have a baby. He only isn't because Commander Price got blown up. Right. That's yeah, true. that's true. If Commander Price was here. That's true. Commander Fred's Price. Because he would have had a clear reason to get rid yep. of him. I miss That's Commander funny. Price. I don't you? R.I.P. Commander Price. I really Price. wanted to see more of that character because he seemed intelligent. and I did read a theory of someone that said oh, he's not yeah. really dead. Really? Which well, I think would be amazing. Like mm-hmm. if he comes back next next episode for no what, reason. What, someone's torturing him? No, where would he be? Death. I don't know. Secret underground bunker preparing for he the first purge of the commanders? Okay, I don't know. That would be awesome. Anyway. Wow, that's a lot. Okay. That is a lot. All right, so the next scene, we get uh, some Emily. I knew some Emily was coming, and I was very excited once to see uh, Lydia and Emily, which we have not seen, I don't yeah. think, since... This was both my favorite part of the show and my, like, I don't know what the fuck have, is going on. Have we seen them together Emily since the... June? the No, Emily and uh, Lydia. Uh, since uh, the, the clitoris removal? I don't know. Have we seen no, them together? I don't think we have. I don't think we have. So this is really their first time, like, interacting again, and it is... Kind of comedic gold, I gotta say. It's pretty outstanding because, as we've noted, Emily is in negative, negative, gives a fuck category at this point about her attitude with anything. Um, she's kind of our voice of reason. She came back and she was like our voice of, "Hey, stupids! Hey, hey! It's never this is okay. still terrible." Yeah. Just in case you'd forgotten. So I thought this scene, all of this is great because we finally get our Bradley Whitford, which we've been waiting and waiting to see when our Bradley Whitford I had was forgotten. coming. It's been oh, so really? long. Yes. Yeah. I, so it was a big surprise for me. Yeah. They're they're walking up and Lydia is like, you're lucky they agreed. Four couples have refused. You're running out of chances. <laughs> it's like Commander Lawrence is very brilliant, very important man, the architect of Gilead's economy, which is what we knew of Bradley Whitford's character from the beginning of the preseason when they build him coming onto the show. And again, Alexis Bledel. Great face acting because she is just like having none of it. She like does not care. And so Lydia wants to know if she has anything to say for herself, which she says, which is awesome. I'm wondering why an important, brilliant man would take in such a shitty handmaid. <laughs> and Lydia gave her that like, did you say that auntie face? You know, yes. like, come on, girl. I'm just, just pretend just along with me. here. Just pretend. It's she wasn't like, even mad. If you no. can't say like, anything nice, don't say anything yeah. at all. Exactly. And so the Martha answers the door. She's got one eye missing like Janine does. Only hers looks a little more crudely done, I gotta say, because, like, the stitches are oh, there. I didn't even notice. Yeah. 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 And so she opens up, and she's like, well, come on in, then. <laughs> That's kind of your first clue that this house is going to be a little different, different, right? And so you well, walk. Well, I think you hear her shouting for him in the background, too. Oh, do you? you? I don't know. Um, so they enter the house, and this is the one. Well, I, 
hate to keep self-referencing, but when Bruce Miller was on it, he talked about the art pieces. And so he mentioned that what the ones that we see are pieces that are supposed to have been stolen by them from the museums that they uh, all raided. Basically, they're yeah. supposed to burn everything, but like he regimes do, they, everything he they wanted. take stuff that yeah. they want. Right. Like salon style, his walls yes, were covered. Everywhere. It was yes. amazing. Yes. And so I was looking for a smart art person who knew art that knew that all that stuff was there. I didn't know what all that stuff was. Yeah. I kept pausing it to look at the Did you? What did you see there? Let's, let's um, roll them off. What do you it's, got? It's been a long time since I watched the episode. Um... I swear I saw Kandinsky in there, but then like I backed up a little bit and I'm not so sure now. Um, I can't think of other ones off the top right. of my head without watching. Well, either way, there was a lot. There was a lot. And, and they were from of... all different periods and all different types of all artists, types, which yeah. I found really fascinating. Yeah. It was quite a collection, all different styles. But it was all like all over the place, right? It was just yeah, kinda... it was. And there were sculptures around too. Yeah, Did there was you just notice everything. that? In there. They go in and again, I said, it looks like a hoarder's house. And like, Later on, when like the one hand, the Martha like knocks something over, yeah, she and she's like, over something. "It's in my way," and he's like, "I like it where I like it. Just leave it there." And it's like whatever, dude. <laughs> That's um, so great. So I I made this comment like, "Is is his house like the island of misfit toys?" Because like the Martha there is clearly not acting like any other. The right. whole house doesn't run like the normal like Gilead, Gilead house. And Aunt Lydia's faces that she is making this entire scene are priceless. If you haven't watched this scene and watched her face. Go back and watch this whole scene with her because when he comes down the stairs and is standing in front of Emily looking at her for the first time, Ann Dowd has this look on her face that is fucking magic. And I was like, I paused it to look at it and she just has this look on her face. It is, is outstanding. Just outstanding. Because she is like clearly. I mean, to be real, that's how like I kind of felt at the point at which she came down the stairs. Yeah, so I was like, what's going on? What is happening? That's how they described him as eccentric. Although, Crazy also eclectic. Very eclectic. Check out that art collection. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> not only does Aunt Lydia not know what the hell's going on, Bradley Whitford doesn't even give her, like, he, he doesn't he shine doesn't it all at all. Fucks. He's like, Thanks, opens Lydia. the door. Peace. Yeah. And he's like, say? we're good here. Thanks. And she's just like, looking around like, well, then. Got the feeling that she was like, I don't know if I should leave her alone <laughs> with you. Like, I don't know what's happening here. Definitely got the impression that she had never been there maybe never no. interacted with him like just heard knew of, of him, him. Right. Yeah. yeah so yeah but like i don't know and maybe this was being presumptuous out of me but it kind of felt like she didn't know if it was okay for emily to leave her there maybe Do you know what i mean yeah and like I, in that weird psycho motherly sense she gets right with the women sometimes so this is the point where the martha trips over the thing and she's <laughs> and bradley whifford yells at her and she says he's like do you want a beating and she says try it old man which I'm yeah like, I was like, there's something really strange going yep, on here. Yep. This uh, that, is, not, this is this, not like other Gilead homes. No, no, no. That, I mean, that was banter. Right? They're like homies, it seems that, like. That seemed like foreplay to me is what that seemed like. I just got to be real honest. This is what, what? I, this is what I'm... Yeah, the way I she said I that... I was kind of on the line thinking like, is he sleeping with her? That's the like, way... The way really? Because, I'm sure. Because when she said it, she said it I feel like it, it like, depends on what else was going on when those words were being exchanged. Were they like within... Could they see each other? Because she was like half, you could hear her like half laughing when she said it. Like, yeah, try it, old man. Like, she was like. I need to see faces to be, to make a call whether or not I think they're sleeping together Yeah, I kind of thought that's a reach. I think they're just like, I think they're just homies. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. I hope so. We don't know. This house is a mystery. I hope so, because that would be great. That's what I need to make me feel better about life. I'm very sad. (laughs) I made a note here that I'm very sad that Sarah missed the debut of being able to talk about Bradley Whitford because the so, Crystal doesn't know this. So Bradley Whitford, do you know? Do you know who? He, no. Okay, you don't know who he is. That's mm-hmm. fine. We're gonna give you a pass either. So like the show, The West Wing. 
Right, Elliot mentioned that. I don't. I don't watch the West Wing. Did you see Get Out? But I have seen Get Out. You have seen Get Out. Did you like him in Get Out? He was the dad in Get Out. Oh, I'm connecting that. Yeah, that was hilarious. (laughs) Which is very similar to a little bit of what this character has going on, Uh right? That you don't quite know what the hell to think. Although you're pretty sure he's crazy. It's true. He also has creepy. No, but Sarah's thing, like we talked about this early on, very early in the season when you knew that he was coming. And me and Tiana were talking about him being on the West Wing, and Sarah looked at us like we had three heads. And we were like, come on. And she's like, so we pulled up a picture of him. Like and she's a- like, oh, he's Eric from Billy Madison. And we were like, <laughs> I forgot really? about that. That's the thing that you remember? And yeah, so, and I don't know any Billy Madison things. Because she always does the because voice. Because I blocked Eric. it out because it was a terrible, terrible time in my life. So I just felt sad that she wasn't here to make the Eric no- Eric sound and also talk about how she only knows him from Billy I'm not Madison. sad that she's not here to make the Eric sound. Oh, poor Sarah. <laughs> I miss you, Sarah. That's when we get to Don't Touch My Stuff. Which was pretty funny. Yeah. It's just such a brotherly thing to say. Right. Touch my stuff. It's very, um. what is that movie? Stripes with Bill Murray. You're right. Don't touch my stuff. Yes. It's like, what is it? Francis. Stripes That's the guy's name. such a good movie. That's oh, the guy's I, name. No, I need Francis. to watch that. You guys, keep your hands off my stuff. He leaves Emily alone. They are gone for a long time, by the way, which also is why I think there's something going on with them. Because he's gone talking to the Martha and they there's no noise. They for a long time, but like, I just didn't get the impression that it really, like, I don't think that they are thinking about like, oh, we should go like tell her what's up. Like, I don't, I don't think that is entering their minds. They're just doing whatever they were doing before. Yeah, that's no, that's what I'm saying. Like, what were they doing for so long? They were. I just think there's nothing sexual happening in this scene at all. I think I think it's very possible there's something sexual happening, but I. Cannot confirm, mm, nor deny, because no, we don't have enough information. But they do leave Emily alone in the room, which at my point, at that point, I was like, it's time to acquire a sharp object, just for fun. I thought that too. Right? I, I was think like, Emily man. was shocked though. Emily was like, "What am I? What's going yeah, on?" She was. I don't think she was like even in like, if she had gone into a normal <laughs> situation, she would have been like, the mode of like, let me find some poison, right. let me find some sticks, right. How do let me I find some myself? knives. Yeah, but I think she was like, "What the hell is going on here?" Like, is he? She like- could have turned around and walked right out of the door, and <laughs> right. I don't think they even would have noticed. I think I, I said to Ellison, "Maybe this is the underground railroad. Like, maybe he's maybe maybe he's in she could hide everything, in and he's taken. I don't know. With all that stuff, they might never find her. If she hid right." So there's so many interesting things we learn in this. Oh, so much. Uh, so he catches her reading because she like wanders around the room and is reading the stuff. And so he talks about the original punishment for reading was used to be a hand because she says it's a finger for, for, for the first offense. And he was like, it used to be a hand in the good old days. Yeah. And you can't tell how he means that. Exactly. Yeah. Clearly me, intentionally. I don't know. To me, I think he's just like, oh, this shit is bullshit. I'm just like, got my art. I got my homie, uh, Martha. Think- my life is crazy. Let's see That's what, what happens. I want to believe. That's what I want to believe. Because it, I really love Bradley Whitford. Well, but, but I had well, I had moments of like this is creepy and it's gonna be he's gonna like chain her. I up. kept thinking like he's and then, a serial killer. Yeah, he's gonna like he's going to handmaids because he kills them all. And then another part of me was like, ah, oh, you know, maybe this, maybe he's just like over all of it and just wants some friends. Like maybe he just wanted a handmaid because he needed other people there at the house to hang out with. I thought that too, and that's what I, <laughs> that's what I'm hoping for. If this were if this were one of my friends in America, not in Gilead today, walking into a house like that, I would be like, "Get out, girl! Get Just like out!" Uh, so, and this there's there's one of several points in this where he addresses Emily and asks her a question, and she's like trying to figure out if she should answer for real, right? And so she just keeps yeah. like giving the stock answer, and that's yeah. not what he's looking for. Now, I did make a note that I was kind of curious as to whether he was just like trying to acquire people that he knew. That's why I said the Island of Misfit Toys thing because. Clearly that Martha's a little off the rails and not playing by the rules. 
And Emily is clearly not playing by the rules. And later on, we find out stuff about the colonies, and he's the one that came up with that concept. And so I thought maybe he was trying to gather some smarter academic people that are like him, because clearly he is not thinking on the same level as the rest of these people. Um, so I thought maybe that he's like just trying to kind of make, like Crystal said, like making his group of people that he can have in his house that are, you know, yeah. a little different and think on him that he can actually have a conversation with, not like the rest of these crazy people in Gilead. Well, I feel like he's just like, yeah, like he's collecting interesting folk. That's kind right. of what I thought. Yeah, I did yeah, have a moment yeah. where I thought that he could potentially be experimenting, <clears throat> but I didn't know what his his profession was. So I couldn't can you tell. define that. Like he wanted to get that particular handmaid because she is she was in the colonies mm-hmm. and maybe there's something about her that's different he's a board scientist oh, and she's wants to... definitely different yeah and when we yeah she's hardcore i have a lot of thoughts about that but i'll save them for when we get to that so i did make a note that in the book at least and we've seen this kind of with fred who has this whole study of stuff that allegedly they're not all supposed to have at least in the book, they're not supposed to have like all these artifacts and all these things. No, I don't remember that that was part of stuff that the commanders weren't allowed to have, but I might just not remember. Because I, thought it, I thought in the book that that was part of the reason that Fred and all these guys got purged was because they had all this stuff that they weren't supposed to have and were doing all oh. these things that they weren't supposed to do. Okay. With you know, having the books and having the yeah, I don't museum that. pieces and the artwork that he has and all this stuff. So. Because they were being Nazis? Yes. I mean, it's a good reason to purge people generally, but... They're just usually looking for a reason, I think. All right, so, next scene. June, pumping. And now she's hearing the baby, which just shot is awesome that they did. From the overhead of her crawling across the floor. It was hard to watch. Yeah. That was really hard. Yes, it was It was quite difficult to watch, but it was very cool looking when she's crawling across the floor into the frame of the camera. Mm-hmm. And then she starts, like, stroking the floor. Like, she's trying to stroke the baby. Um, uh, so she walks down to take the milk, passes the room, uh, and sees Serena in there, and probably for the better, does not choose to enter. I was impressed. She did not go <laughs> in or say anything or give herself away. Uh, and then Stronger he, woman than me. Eden's in the kitchen. Here we go. Well, who wants to start problems? Unintentionally. June does. Oh, boy. And so she asks, does it hurt to pump? I don't really know. I've never... It's, it's very subjective. Uh, Eden says she can't wait to breastfeed and says God would want a baby to be with parents that love each other. At which point you're like, hmm. I think June even looks at her like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why did June say anything? Come on, she, June. Because she, I think she genuinely feels bad. I think so too, but I like, don't you don't June... give a girl like that, like, ambiguous advice like that. I don't that. think June was thinking on any lines of that he because she hasn't seen her do anything no. so she's not thinking on No, lines. she she's knows that Nick away. is not treating her that great. No, but I just think she's I thought it was just kind of like one of those moments of like what can I leave with her? Right. Well and even if she does think that there's something going on with her and Isaac I don't think she thinks that they're going to like run That's away. Right. Yeah. That's which true. is the worst possible idea and I will say that is the idea conceived by a 20 year old and a 15 year old in this situation. Oh, for real. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, that's yeah. super realistic. It was very, like, I thought they took a break for a minute. Like, let's throw some Twilight in here. Like, you know, <laughs> some, like, some, you some, know. Some teenage melodrama. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Some pretty little liars. Yeah, and so she tells Eden, in this place, you grab love wherever you can find it. And I thought that was very interesting because that's kind of what she ends up doing with Nick, uh, being in the situation where, her, you know, family and her husband have been torn away from her. I yeah, that... and I think that that's absolutely what she's alluding to, but 
st- I thought Man, it was I don't know. I, I just know. thought I thought it was terrible advice to give Eden. Well, even I, without a full picture of Eden's mindset in that moment. I agree. I just think yeah. it was a very important line That's for the show. That's not what you tell some poor 15-year-old who has to be locked in this loveless marriage. Right. No, I think it was just a good line for the show overall because if you think about it, all these women it a good line. in this show are trying to grasp whatever the hell they can get. Except Rita, who's busy spying. That's right. And part of me felt like it was like a almost like a some a message for us. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. Like yeah. in these times, yes. you know, absolutely. that you grab on to love wherever you can find it. And then we do. I noted this. Eden gives her blessed night and sweet dreams, which is the first time we've heard anybody say blessed night. That's not a thing I'd heard up to this point. I was mm. kind of new. That just struck my brain. It's like, oh, that's not a thing we've heard before. Because there hasn't been a whole lot of uh, hey, good night interactions going on between two people that are actually wanting to talk to each other. You know, and Eden, There's not a lot of any kind of interactions going on between by two, two people yeah. that want to talk to each other. But I do note that June looks at her like, oh, you stupid girl. Yeah. <laughs> you silly, does. silly, it's simple kind of child. A, oh. Yes. You're yeah. so cute. You have sweet dreams, too. Silly. Sweet dreams silly in this head. horrible, horrible place. She's probably the only one that's actually talking to Eden and keeping it real. You it's know? true. That's true. That's why Eden tries to talk to her, because right. she actually will she interact with Eden. She engages with her. Yes, because, again, I think she feels bad and knows... Well, because Eden's like a little puppy, a she'll just talk to anybody that'll talk. And she to her knows back. it's not Eden's fault. Bold underline humans of the internet. Uh, next scene: Nick on the balcony of the Nick Cave. Bah, 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 bah. So then, we cut to Rita in the June. See, he would just cut away from it. It's just a thing we cut away from. Uh, Rita is giving June the grocery list because it's time to go get groceries. Uh, starchy food is good for, for for nursing mothers. Anybody do any research on this? I didn't have time to do it. As to why the starchy food is good for... I don't know why, but sugar? that is a thing. That's a thing? Sugar? Oh, yeah, that's a good call. There's a bunch of foods that you're supposed to eat yeah. while you're nursing. Do you know what they are? Oatmeals. Oatmeals? Um, yeah, there's Carbs. Lots of, there's lots of different foods that they tell you to eat that are really good for lactation. Mm. Um, I don't remember them all now. Yeah. That was a long time ago, man. I don't know. I was still all hormony when <laughs> I was hearing all, all that this out. stuff. I don't, nothing makes sense from then. <laughs> I don't know. And then Rita does like... Finally tells June that she's sorry that she couldn't escape and that she feels terrible that she has to be there, which I thought was a nice little... I think she was also apologizing for calling her a mother at that point because it's mm-hmm. a little painful. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was just about that. Yeah, yeah that's true. the nursing I, mother thing. I didn't think about that. Uh, so Nick comes in looking for Eden because uh, he woke up, she was gone, which he probably thinks she was just going to the store. Super excited to make him another meal that he doesn't care about. Damn. She's always so excited and Nick is always so, hey, cool. What do you like, yellow? Let's do that. And Nick gets what, not that what he deserves, but uh, Nick gets what's coming to him at the end of this because if he would have shined it on just a little, just a little. Oh, God, yeah. Like, he could have saved this poor girl's life, right? Yeah. I, yeah. He des- he deserves he every it. bit of guilt he is feeling. And he realizes he really all does. of it mm-hmm. in that scene. Yes, he does. Um, she tells Nick that she hasn't seen Eden. Nick says, Nick, uh, she says that she's gone. And then uh, June makes an old Navy joke, like maybe she went to the mall. And your old Navy's having 15. a sale. That was so hilarious. Funny. That was great. And so then finally, Nick and June get to have their moment, right? In the most inappropriate, they, they have all these moments in the wrong places at the, the wrong time. Hidden places, right? Can where I just everybody say, I this, can walk in? I actually, for a moment, thought that this was um, her daydreaming. Oh really? oh, really? Yeah. Because they were just being so cavalier. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like they do. No, that's what they do. They like to say, "Hey, where are the most people going to be?" That we could potentially get caught. In this corner in the hospital? Great. It's like an exhibitionist thing. Is that I think. a glass wall? Perfect. Exactly. Can they see us? Let's move over a little bit so they can almost see us. Uh, so he, he he finally says, Nick finally displays some like actual 
They give him something to work with. Uh, he says, our baby is so beautiful. I wish I could hold her. And he just said, we should just run away somewhere, start over like a real family. And then they start going into this whole thing about where they would go, which is, which Nick, of course, picks the West Coast. And she's like, still Gilead. So how about we choose again? Come on, Nick. Try a little you harder. One job. Where are we going to go? <laughs> you haven't even get, gotten out of Gilead yet. Nick's like, oh. Right, 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 right. He also picks the farthest possible place. Right. That well, you can't walk onto, you know? Well, they only have <laughs> two Canada. options. Not Canada. Well, I mean, they can go to Canada. The West but Coast. They want to stay in America. They got to go to They got to go to Alaska or Hawaii. So. That's what yeah. that was a daydream. I thought it was a daydream. Just uh, like. just the Because of the banter, ridiculousness. Just the silliness of just being like, we're going to take the baby to Hawaii and yeah. And then she does go into this thing, which is true, where all the babies try and eat the sand. That is a fact. Oh, yeah, all that's the kids, for real, and it's try. for real disgusting. But Nick says, this is a good line. I'll give Nick points for this one. He says she won't because she's too smart like her mother. This part got, hit me in the feels. My ovaries contracted. I was just like, oh. I just imagine like a little baby just eating sand, being like, baby, why are you doing that? It's cute. June, uh, he, I guess they're talking about naming the baby. So then June asked to name her Holly, like she already did. But now she's asking his permission, like, in retrospect. I guess she's like, hey, can I name it this thing? I already named it. I thought that was a little strange. <laughs> I feel like she's earned the right to do whatever the fuck oh, she I'm wants. I'm not disagreeing with you at <laughs> all. And Nick is like, once again, because Nick probably can't think of any other names. It was kind of like, cute, though. He was. It was just funny. But it was just like yellow, right? He's like, what? Yellow? yellow. Yep. Yes. And this is like, Holly? Yep. Sure. Sounds Absolutely. good. Good yeah. choice. No, good. This was a, actually a good scene by Nick overall, emotionally. Right? Yeah. No, it did. It did get your eye in the feels, and I felt good for Nick having like this moment where he actually connected with another human being, you know, which he rarely gets to do. I feel like uh, the the major acting accomplishment of the character Nick is that the guy that plays him could be like so hot in real life and like play meh Nick, right? So convincingly, yes, he can. All right, so now Fred comes in and lets him know. Also, Isaac has not showed up for work this morning. And at which point the audience is like, Coincidence. Rut row, Rorge. <laughs> oh, the audience already knows what's going on. Rut row, Rorge. As the cast or the characters catch up to the audience. Exactly. Uh, Although so, they do not seem as worried as I thought they would be. No, well, I think they're both trying to, because I think her and him and June kind of know what is going on. But I guess Fred, oblivious, right? Exactly. I mean, they both shot that. some very, very. Obvious looks at each other, and it's like uh, we have a situation, and it's a uh, it's nice knowing Isaac and Eden. Thanks for playing the Gilead game. Please exit stage right, collect your consolation prizes because they are going to be super dead at the end of all of this, which is my prediction. Yes, yeah, so everybody who thought it was going to be Eden and Isaac in the pool, you were right. Uh, so Fred and Serena in the nursery. Fred is mad about Eden. Serena says she can't be sure that they ran away, which I thought was hilarious. So, like, Serena's all in on Eden being... I like that Serena's ready to swallow somebody else's version of <laughs> she was kidnapped. Yes, right. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. And so his line is, a married woman swept up in her own selfish lust. Really? Really, Fred? The entire really? society based on raping really? women. Uh, also, yes. like, she's just being a teenager. Totally. No, <laughs> Married woman. Huh. And then and she's like, I think I love him. We get our Serena Joy vocabulary word of the day for you kids keeping score at home. And she says, that's enough. Because Fred's like losing it and saying all kinds of crazy shit. And she says, I will not have this kind of rancor around my child. <laughs> I laugh so And I was hard. like, time out. 
let's Google what rancor is, even though I pretty, <laughs> I mean, I had an idea. Context clues. Yes. And so I did have, yeah, no, it was basically, you know, that. Oh, I did make a note because Crystal told me, made me look for this. At Fred gets the crazy look in her eyes because Serena basically says, go handle this. Just get the hell out of my house, essentially, is what she says. I want you to go do whatever you got to do to mm-hmm. fix this. And then Fred goes, oh, whatever I got to do, that means I get to kill people. That's the Fred look because he gets that crazy look on his face. Like, I mean, that's what he did last time she told him to handle see? something. He's only got two speeds. He's got creepy and murder. Yeah, basically. <laughs> no, for real, though. So handle it. That's where Talk I get to kill between people. between those two, honestly. Exactly. Uh, then we get Rita and Serena, right? And um, so Ser- Rita comes in and Serena asks him if she wants to take the baby, uh, which anybody who is paying attention knows that nobody's touching that baby. She does not ever Serena. want somebody to take the baby ever. All right. So we got to talk about this scene. And so did everybody know it was about to happen the moment yes. she came back with a yes. robe on? I said, this bitch literally says that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Because um, my notes live in Justin's brain were, uh, she's coming back in a robe. Is she about to try and breastfeed? Oh, she is. Oh, oh, she is. Yeah, what did she think? How did she think that was going to go? I don't think she really. I don't. I, I mean, I, I if don't... a hungry baby, <laughs> you can't pretend yeah. to give a hungry baby food. I know. And not actually well, give that... the hungry baby food and have it be happy about it. That's not going to happen. That was not for the baby. No, she was thinking, that like, was I need her. to feel like a real yes. mother. And maybe... The that was, open. I don't think so. I think she totally deluded herself into thinking it was for the baby. Oh, I think that that was all for her. And it, maybe the delusion that was there that it was for the baby, but that was all for the mental. Because the baby was so upset. I, I don't disagree with you. No. I'm just saying that that was all for her to try and feel like this whole mother that she can't really be because it's not her child. Right. And so she can't breastfeed the baby literally yes, because Rina, she can't. How did you think it was going to so go? At, at that point, at, like she likes to say, use, "What did you think was gonna there happen?" It is. I was gonna say we gotta use yeah, her online. Yeah, it was like, "What are you doing?" I was just like, "What are you doing?" And I would, I would like to note, I will admittedly write that I wrote that is sad. I did write that this moment was sad and that I felt bad for Serena, and I don't know how that happened. Damn you, writers of this show, for making me feel feelings about this terrible, terrible human being. I did not feel sad for I Serena either. in that situation at all. I was like, I was like, like you lady. You're strange. What's <laughs> wrong with you? You're strange. I don't know. It was just. Ugh. I was hoping someone's going to walk in on her. And catch her. Embarrass Why? her. That would like, be awful. Just embarrass her. All right. Like, what so, are you doing? Yes. So at this point, we're going to take a little break. And Tiana and I are going to talk about uh, our sponsor. Did you know we have a sponsor? We have a sponsor. It is the SCAD Fash Museum of Fashion and Film. Where Yay, Tiana and I were. Uh, privileged enough to be able to go to the opening of the exhibit that is currently being held there. It is open till August 11th. It is dressing for dystopia. Because you and I got to go. It was pretty sweet. It was pretty awesome, right? I mean, getting to meet Aaron Crabtree alone was pretty amazing. But the show was so good. Yes. Um, So SCAD was wonderful. They were awesome. They had an awesome little reception. They did. It was super cool. Got to hear lots of interesting things about the show. Um, lots of insights on what the actors think about the characters. Mm-hmm. And Anne talked a lot about um, the process of making the costumes and the inspiration behind them, which was so cool um, after seeing all of the different intricacies of the costumes that you can see when you're looking at them up close. It yeah. was so different than I thought it would be based on seeing it on my little screen. Mm-hmm. Um, I watch most of the show on my laptop. And so to see them in real life, um was so i don't know it just added so much more also the set of the 
exhibition was done really well. There were some interesting things happening with lighting and you walk in in this kind of like almost like a hallway Mm -hmm. and you're surrounded by this like panoply of characters it I don't know it was just a really interesting experience it was very immersive yeah and when we when we interviewed her in April prior to the opening she did mention that she had made a point of telling them you know I don't want this just to be a thing where people go there and they're on display she's like I want it to be kind of feeling like you're in Gilead as much as we can try and do that with the space we're given Um, And they did a really good job. There's music there and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of in its own back area. So the the actual like physical design of the exhibition has like some has walls. And so it's different than the rest of the things that are there. And everything is close together. So it feels very intimate. Like the people are they're on they're very slightly raised, but not a lot. So it feels like you are just like surrounded by people in Gilead. Yes. Which is also, like, to the benefit of the lighting and everything. Um, And there were definitely, at the time that we went, there were some costumes in there that I had not seen in the show before. So I was, like, really interested in that. That was the cool part is that there was season two stuff Mm -hmm. there. And we were really, when we went down, when when we were down there, it was, they were doing the screening for episode three. Yeah, yeah. So we had seen through episode three or four. Yeah. And that was it. So it was, it was, the show was showing costumes beyond what we had even seen on on early screeners. Yeah. So it's definitely worth checking out. Like I said, it's running through August 11th and uh, you're going to be hearing a lot more about it from us as uh, we do some more content and things with them. And uh, we might be giving some tickets away to the SCAD Fash Museum. So be listening for that and be looking at all our social media. You can follow us at, uh, at Handmade Podcast at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you have been to the SCAD Fash Museum of Fashion and Film to see this exhibit, hit us up on, on the Twitters or the Facebooks the social medias and let us know what you thought of it i'm interested to see if anyone else has gone and seen it i'm sure there's you know there was a bajillion people when we were there oh my gosh so many people right so i'd be interested to see if anyone's been down there to see it and what you guys thought so hit us up and you can find more about the scad fash museum of fashion and film at scadfash.org all right scene nine rita in the kitchen now i keep waiting for rita to cut somebody i just keep waiting for someone to die at her hand that's right she's got to play cool uh rita as she is wont to do, doing a little gossiping, talking about how Serena changes Nicole's outfits every 10 minutes, trying to make a little funny with June. Uh, and, trying to cheer her up. And then she gets called away from Serena. And we have this moment where June walks over to the laundry and takes it out and smells it, which I feel like every parent has done yeah. because there's just something about the baby the smell. baby smell. There is. Right? And she doesn't even get to be in the same room as her. Yeah, it's a very brutal, I wrote that, brutal scene. Yeah. For just the... I almost cried at that moment. I was like... Oh no! Don't do it! No! Don't do it! Don't make it. yourself do it. I it's gonna, it's gonna be wonderful smell. and terrible. Don't do it. But, not to be outdone, enter stupid Fred, Ugh. who always comes in at the best times. Fred. <laughs> His opening line is that he is wasting time dealing with that slut. <laughs> what? Come on, Fred. Um, that slut is Nick's wife. Just to clarify, he says at the end, he says Nick's wife, just so he knows. It's just so June's clear which slut he's talking about. Because I guess thanks for that, Fred. Right? And mm-hmm. just to clarify that there are so many sluts that I need to care that need to make sure that you know which slut that I'm talking about. Uh, she he does make a point of saying she won't get far, which we kind of. Um, why why is he I, telling June this? Yeah. Like June's gonna be like, great job, Fred. Because in case you didn't notice, um, his wife, I mean his wife yes. doesn't talk to him very well. Much. Nobody talks to him. Now, June is trying to be optimistic at this point, which I find admirable. 
And she's like, I hope she's all right, which all the viewers are like, she's not okay. Yeah. She might be okay currently. She's about to not, not be okay only real soon. because they haven't found her. And so Fred, in all the sincerity that he can muster, asks, why would a girl risk so much to leave? Really asking of the that. woman <laughs> who has that left twice. So funny. Uh-huh. Well, he's, uh, asking, he's asking that as much of her as he is about Eden, right? Because he's really trying to get into this conversation with her, which is really just an end to the mean to the ends of uh, trying to get in her pants again, which is Fred's goal always. Uh, so he talks to her about where she was hiding when they were at the house, which I did see somebody on the social media point out this week that when they're in the house, she makes a noise upstairs and like he looks up the steps like he heard it, but he never does anything about it. So someone's wondering if he kind of knew she was up there and just kind of let it go. But I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think he's not that smart um, or that nefarious either side. Plus, I don't think he wants to be on the wrong side of Serena any more than he needs I don't to think be. he wants. I don't think that he wants whatever would come crashing down when people in Gilead stop believing the, oh, she was out for a drive. Right. Right. And she says she was hiding in the attic, which I thought was an interesting, like, that I was thinking Anne Frank, just because. Uh, Fred asks about his, re- this is the part that, like, kind of sealed it for me that Fred really thinks that what he did was, like, an admirable thing and that he really did it. For the good of everyone, right? So he asked about the reunion with Hannah. And this is like really what sealed it for me of like, oh my God, he really thinks that he's like being this great guy. And like that he's really doing these good things and all the sincerity in his heart. Like he really feels it. And all the rest of us are just like, you are clueless. Yeah. That didn't feel like sincerity to me. That felt like manipulation. Because then he gets that that slimy, is that all the thanks that I get? Like, right. am, I, am I, you going to let me hit? But I think. Kind of like thing. Not like, I don't know. I think. Yeah, that, that is was... definitely what I took out of, is that all the things that I get? But I didn't feel like it was really manipulation so much as like. No, I really think that he like tried to get the uh, reunion for her and that she should feel good about it legitimately. Yeah, I think but... that was like literally his disappointment coming yeah. out that he was like thanked appropriately in his yeah. mind. Not that he doesn't want to get with her. Yeah. He does, but I, I really think that he really he really felt like he was doing her a kindness by reuniting her with his daughter, with her daughter. Yeah, I mean, but really in some ways he did. I don't did disagree, he? I guess, to a certain extent. I mean, I although it doesn't really matter. Now that, it, now that we know that it wasn't a, a setup for Nick, because you know, that's what we thought. Right. We thought it was yep. like a Nick setup. I so did. it was like his, we just thought it was pure evil intent. Yep. And it wasn't. And it wasn't. Because the writers like to keep everybody on their toes. The show drives me insane. I have no idea what's going on. We're wrong all the time, as that guy on Twitter pointed out. True. But that's fine. It's we fun. are wrong all We are well, wrong. I just, I'm realizing I just contradicted myself. <laughs> but I'm now thinking that maybe he is. It was a kind-hearted action. See? But I do think in that moment he was being a little bit more like, hey, creepy, hey. Uh, he can't so, turn it uh, off. He can't turn the creepy was, off. I think at all moments he's like, hey, I'm going to do this nice thing and maybe she'll bang me again. Mm-hmm. I think all of the moments that is what he is thinking. That would never happen. Um, so June does give it back to him because he does say that, you know, is that the, all the thanks I get? And, uh, June's like, well, we can play Scrabble sometime. It's oh, been a I while. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I was yelling. That face, the, the again, the faces. Yes, the way exactly. The she said it. Exactly. She knew she was playing him. Yes. Oh, so good. Yeah, she was definitely giving it back to him. All right. So now we're back to the Bradley Whitford mansion with the him and Emily. And so this part was awesome. So I did make a little note here that when he mentioned the wife not coming down, that we had a little Jane Eyre crazy wife in the attic thing going mm, on. That's totally, yeah. I was like, I don't know whether she's going to burn the house down, but that's mm-hmm. very much what this I was is. a little worried that she was going to, like, harm Emily. Right. We well, don't yeah. know. It could be, it's, this show, could, anything could happen. Hmm. Uh, so she comes in, his wife comes in, and she is, like, freaking out, right? Because she's a little, you can tell she's a little off. Um, and she's asking Emily, she asks her her name and she says of whatever his first name is. I don't remember mm-hmm. what it is. 
And she's like, no, give me your real name. And that was kind of cool. And so she tells her, and then she's like, he can't, he doesn't like it when I talk to the girls. And she's like trying to rush it and th- basically blurts out verbal diarrhea of he is the one that came up with the concepts of the colonies. And he did this horrible thing and starts ranting on about that. And then he comes in and like uh, rather viciously, I guess, takes her away to her room and just kind of throws her in there. Yeah, I had like real mixed feelings about this. Like yeah. there were teeny micro moments where I was like, oh, but is he like trying to be kind about it uh, and then he kind of like tossed her in the room and shut the door and i was like oh that was harsh i don't know so i kind of went back yeah. and forth on whether or not Same. i was like is this is he like really trying to just like constrain her because i mean yeah. he has all of the power in this situation if he really wanted to constrain her he could just have her put away like he right. doesn't he doesn't have to have her there in the house he doesn't have to have her able to move about on her own just, he could control all of those things which makes me think like he really does care for her whether or not it's in a you know, right. spousal fashion. Yeah, I guess like when all you have to do every day is be in the same house with your wife that is losing her mind, maybe you would just get a little tired of dealing with her because she's just she's out yeah. of it. Yeah, That is the only way to kind of like just get her out the way. I mean, I feel I like know. every parent out there can be like, yes, you can love somebody right. insanely with your whole heart and still also want to smack them oh, for sure. all the time for yes. a lot of things. That's very true. Because uh, they do kind of put this dark edge and dark, like, frame around everything he does. Yeah, just to it's, keep you it's just really uneasy mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah. The situation feels very precarious. Yes, and so he tells Emily to come downstairs with him. They sit at this table, and he breaks out a beer. And she looks totally she, terrified yeah, when he she, says, come with me. I'm like, oh, God, yeah, I know. this is the moment. This Ugh. is the moment. Right. But I also sort of felt like, what could be worse than what she's gone through? And I feel like she, it all bets are off. Like, she's she, whatever she has to do, like, she's not going to go out. Passively, no. she's gonna fuck him up if it's oh, something yeah. bad. Yeah, it's I, like I actually don't worry, but I, I was worried, and then I was like, oh, actually, I'm not really worried about Emily She'll at all. Take care of it. Yeah, she I, will her, do she, something. Yeah, she's the one I'm least worried about for sure. Her and June, they seem to have the most like survival instincts at this point. Um, so Emily asks about his wife, and he says things didn't turn out the way she wanted. She was an art professor, which explains all the art in the house, I would guess. Uh, she wanted things, to, everything to be pretty. Which I guess is kind of a, it made me think of all this, um, uh, people that maybe voted against their own interests and things that are, they are surprised by the way things ended up in certain situations when people that they put into power are in power. And then they're like, oh, I didn't think it was going to be all horrible like this. I'm so sorry. I kind of feel like that this wife represents that. I kind of feel like, yeah, I don't know if I'm on the bandwagon with like everybody who necessarily voted against their own interests, but the people who are like, I just want it to be like the good old days, not realizing that the good old days were actually only good old days for straight landowning white males of privilege. Right. And like for everybody else, they fucking sucked. It's true. And I, I kind of feel like it's a little nod to that maybe like that. She thought it would be beautiful because it would be a simpler life. And I mean, you know, maybe not yeah. this exactly, but. Exactly. Well, clearly. And I also want to just clarify what you just said many times over in history, right? Oh. Not just the current situation that we're in, but at many times over in history, this has been the sentiment and things went south. So yes. I just yes. want things to be nice. Yes. So I like, just want things this, to be It's just simpler easy. if we have these parameters around people can yeah. live, right? That just makes it better for everybody. Well, you never think it's going to go that far. All these terrible, you know. All over the world. Exactly. History repeats itself. All the time with humankind. Uh, And I I did make a note here. Like, uh, he starts talking to her, and you can never tell if he's just, like, 
We're still trying to figure out if he's like actually got Emily there because she's like this kind of on his level academically and he knows that because he does seem to know every bit of her story because he keeps yeah, telling in her such a creepy way. Right. Yeah. Um, and so he, you know, he's telling her all these things about her, ask her how it felt to run over the guardian with the car. You know, I was really surprised <laughs> oh, to find actually... not, not just that he knew these things, but that these records still existed. What do you mean? Why did why would anybody in power in Gilead care about any of this? Other backstory, which oh. makes, these which women makes are machines feel, for them, which makes me feel like he he really like some, went out of his way yeah, to keep he's got them some or source, and he actually yeah. went out of his way to to find out what yeah. the backstory was. Hmm, it's interesting. I guess we'll find out. Uh, now there's this also this part that is very subtle in this conversation where he talks about her wife and her son and her having a wife and son in Canada. And he says, losing a child is like losing a limb. And he says those words as though it has happened to him, which I thought was very interesting because we don't see any children there, nor signs of children there. Um, and they're older. He's older. Mm-hmm. So they would have been older children. But him saying it's like losing a limb kind of stuck out to me because it's clearly sent, kind of leaning towards something that he and his wife have gone through. So uh, which may also and it, lend... it doesn't sound like the kind of thing that a non-parent would say. Correct. Right. Not the way he phrased it. And so it's kind of interesting to think that that might be an added layer to the wife, mm-hmm. you know, kind of leaning if she yeah. went along with this idea that she was going to get a baby that, you know, maybe it's much like Serena, who the end all be all was wanting a child. Maybe it was the same thing for this woman that she put blinders on, like all the other women who bought into this uh, life. Or and, something happened to their child. Right. I mean, either before Gilead or maybe in the midst of that transition. Like, what if they I don't know mm-hmm. how that works. What if their child died in the war? What if they had a gay child? Exactly. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and they were taken. Yeah. To, you yeah. Know, you know. There's so many possibilities. And then, of course, as they are wont to do in the show, they just can't end it on the uh, semi normal note. They end it with uh, him asking about the surgery, as he Ugh. calls it. Yeah. And asking her if, quote, you've healed properly. And that's how they end that scene. Do you call it a surgery? I, I, I or thought that. Procedure that's or something? Something. Not what yeah, it was, something... which was female genital yeah. mutilation. Um, but he asks if she's healed properly and, and then takes a little sip of his drink just to, like, put a period on it of the creepiness. Yeah. And then you're just like, oh, you were doing. You I were know. Doing I was, all right like, there. hopeful. And then you got creepy. Yeah. Like, real See, creepy. I don't but know. I sort of, one of the actions that I love the most is when he started talking to her and then she just kind of looked up. And then grab the drink and like drank like okay, so we're having this conversation. Yeah, yeah I feel like that was like a I'm gonna need All a right. drink for this one. But I think it was also I don't know, it felt like a little bit of a, a transfer, a shift in power. I don't know, it, mm. it was like it, it almost not. The, I don't think it was necessarily conscious that she was doing it, but I think her change in posture in that moment sort of was like oh, I'm not afraid of you. Right. Mm. Well, I think like, she felt the shift in him asking that question. Like that too. How did that feel to run over that guy? And he kind of said it with like this smirk on his face. Right. And then she took a drink like bitch I'll do it to you too. So right. just so you know, I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what I hope I sh- her attention was. That's awesome. All right. So next scene is June and Rita. Rita rushes into June's room telling her that they found it and we kind of hear all the ruckus in the background outside that they found Eden and this is when we know things are about to go down. Um, in a bad way. Uh, so we cut to this Eden and Nick scene in the locker room, which I thought was fantastic. This was great because this is at the point where Nick kind of realizes, I'm sorry that I didn't even try to make you feel like I sort of even liked you. And he's apologizing to her, trying to get her to really kind of tell them that Isaac kidnapped her and throw him under the bus so the that she can live. The only thing that could save her life at this point is if she, if tried, she lies right. and... But she can't, and she says that she, <sighs> you know, that God would know it was in her heart, and she can't lie to God, right? 
And I thought that was interesting because that's also kind of her acknowledging as being the first person to acknowledge that is part of Gilead that this is messed up and she knows it now. Because what's in her heart is that she wants to be with Isaac and she can't. Yeah, and yeah. it's just so ironic that this person this is the one that came around. tried so hard to do what Gilead would think and do the right thing all the time and subscribe to the belief system that the crazy arbitrary rules of Gilead still caused for her to be punished with death. And the fact that she came to that realization at 15, listen, right. Eden, it took me a long time to reach <laughs> <these kind> of <laughs> conclusions. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this scene was just really, uh, I don't know. I, I, I want to watch it again. I feel like it was, it was actually some of Nick's best acting. Yes. Oh, yeah. And By far. He is seen more of like a big brother, kind of like trying to get little sister to do something, and she just yeah. wouldn't. Like, come on, just like, just. I tell mom that the other kid did it and we'll it'll all be fine and I'll well, I'll cover it and we'll figure it out, but please just don't do this. Yeah, well there's this there's this whole thing with Nick and uh, we don't know too much of his backstory. Really the only thing we know is that he had a brother that had some issues and I think part of it part of his thing and why he's so standoffish is because I think he lost his brother to whatever addiction or substance problem his brother had. And so now he's very not wanting to get attached to a person. And to the point where now that's kinda of backfired on him, right? To where he was so standoffish with Eden that she ran around and did this stupid thing that is mostly his fault. Because if he would have just like pretended a little bit and played house, mm-hmm. he could have prevented her from but doing I this. But I also understand Nick. I understand Nick's just total disgust and just oh. like inability to give I, her any. I don't know. I feel, I feel like, like he could have been kind to her without yes. having sex with her all the time. Like I that's think, not. Right. He could have still tried to make her feel like a person who is wanted in the world. And I think like an emotionally impaired guy like Nick just feels like if I give her an inch, she's going to take a mile. Maybe if I just completely ignore her, she'll get the message. I don't think he thought that much about it. No, but like just, but in the sense of like, I'm not going to put any energy in this because I don't want, I don't want any of this to feel like it's right. Like I don't ever want to act like any of this is right. So I'm just going to like act like it's not happening basically. And so she does have this like fantastic moment of her breaking Nick's heart, right? And telling him that, yeah. I don't want to be with you. I want to be with Isaac. Thing, yeah. And it was yeah. a very high school I don't thing. I want to have your baby. Taking place in a high school locker room and with all the red red lockers, I thought was awesome too. Do you that, think this is the red center? It still could be. This must be a fantastically large <laughs> private school, <laughs> which, you know, that's a thing that happens. They got money. Well, those old ass schools are built like that. Right, though, that's with the, right. With the big every, yeah, everything and... you could possibly need. Yeah. yeah, they probably just came across and were like, Lydia led them right. She said, "This has got everything you need. We can <laughs> kill people here. We can make all these girls go crazy in here." Um, so now she Eden kisses him and says, "Let's forgive each other." Then uh, Eden knows she's gonna die. Like she's done because Nick's trying to get her to lie, and she's like, "I'm not lying because I don't want to lie to God." Because now she's got this allegiance to God, right? But she's kind of figured out these people are crazy. And mm-hmm. I can't do this thing that I need to do. So God's the only one that really matters. All right. So now we're in the pool scene. Well, the, and yeah, I, those people have taught her that. Yes. For her whole life. Right. Here's what I will Just say. So Handmaid's Tale people that make this show. They did a sneaky editor's trailer trick on us. Because in the trailer, the scene that they show of them floating at the top of that water. Does not happen. It does not, not a thing. It does yeah. not. Yeah, not I a thing. the same thing. <clears throat> And I'm fine with it because that happens sometimes. There's lots of famous movies that have done yeah. that with their trailers. Yeah, that's true. And put things in just so people don't like spoil the original stuff. But I was like, everybody was kind of looking for that going, hey, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got you. They got us. It's fine. <laughs> I see. And they only did it once. That's the only thing we've seen that they didn't 
you know, present on the yeah, up and I up. Think that was the last thing that we were waiting to see from yeah, the trailer. Yeah, that's the last thing from the trailer that hasn't been in anything. And so it turns out it wasn't in anything. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, it's somewhere on the, in the editing room, digital editing room floor. Um, so, okay, this is a pretty awful scene. But I will say that the acting in this scene, particularly from Ivan Strahovski, uh-huh. is fucking outstanding. And I will say once again, for the people that I don't know are listening, if you have any involvement with the award shows and she doesn't win all the awards, and I mean all the awards, for all the things that she can be nominated for, you're all fucking crazy. (laughs) Because this whole scene is insane. So they basically put them on the platform up at the top of the thing, and basically this old dude with a Bible, uh, as is once to do in history, asked them to forgive or confess their sins or die, essentially. And uh, this also goes back to something else Bruce Miller talked about, where uh, the reason that they use these public places in the sporting arenas is very much like dictatorships who used to use like soccer stadiums and things for public executions. And so this once again is them using this giant public sporting place. It did seem like only the women had to come watch them die. Yeah. Was well, Nick me? was there. Nick was there, but he, he was, was just, married to one was, of them. That's true. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's I only true. saw women in the, oh, was in her, the yeah. spectating. Was Eden's dad there? Like sitting next to the I mom? I didn't see I him, no. I think so. I don't know. I mean, yeah, Twitter correct us if we're wrong, yeah, but try- I'm pretty sure it was just women and Nick and, like, you know, dudes in charge. Right. So the other note I I noticed that Serena brought the baby to this event. Crystal's like, she's got to show it off everywhere. I just thought that was interesting. But, you know, Rita had to come, so I guess there's nobody there to watch the baby. Yeah. You know? She's not going to call her sitter, too- teenage sitter down the street. <laughs> I also wonder if they think... um that maybe they'll confess their sins and not be executed. Well, I think that's know? clearly what Serena thought was going to yeah, happen. I totally think that's what Serena was hoping. Was and so, happen. you know, Eden's mom yells out at her, which is awful. Like yeah. watching your own child and uh. like trying to really just say, please just do anything to not happen what's about to happen. So Eden, though, doubles down, starts doing the, uh, what is it, Corinthians? Is that what we said mm-hmm. it was? Love is patient, love is kind, and they don't even let her finish. They just chuck them in the water. First is that what it is? First Corinthians? I think that's right. I've read this so many times. I right? really should know. I have no idea. Uh, I don't All over verse. the place. Um, so, so, yeah, they reverse. she starts doing that, and I guess they're like, okay. I guess you, and her and Isaac give the look, and then the dudes just chuck them in the water, and down they go. That was a TV moment, though. That was, for Hats sure. off to, what's her name? Which one? I, I, I want to say Sarah Sweeney, because I did oh, Sydney Sweeney? <laughs> no, she was <laughs> awesome. No, She's, yeah, I mean. She was great. I feel like I, yeah, I I felt a lot of feels in that moment. I appreciate her as a character and actress all in that one moment. Yeah. Well, <laughs> also yeah. believable underwater death, which is hard. Yes, very believable underwater death. And also, I I like that they, I don't like, but it was interesting that they left the other kettlebells down there. Yeah, why? Like done why re- do they do that? Just it's as, so strange. I think, it I think it's just yeah. for a. It was definitely an artistic choice, but like I feel like they just every every artistic choice they make on this show is because that's what they think they would do. I think. Well, I wonder if it's if you're the. Pr- I'm thinking like Gilead thinks. So if you have two people up there that you're gonna do this to, right? And you don't have any kettlebells down there to prove that other this has happened to other people. Maybe they think you're just kind of bullshitting yeah. and you're gonna let them off and you're doing it to scare them. But if you got 25 other kettlebells down there that are like, hey, there's 25 other people that. Chose the wrong decision. I think it's also the TV show's way of fucking with us again to be like, hey, something is every day is your regular ass kettlebells at the Y. Yep. I think sometimes this this TV show is saying, don't think it can't happen in your time, right? Yep. Like, And kettlebells specifically are so specific to our, like, to this 
to this time frame, right? Like they're not, they weren't weights, right? right? They weren't, no, they, they weren't, weren't like barbells. Yeah, they, they weren't, weren't dumbbells. Yeah. They yep. were kettlebells, which yep. are just so, you know, everybody goes to the gym and picks one of those things up. Yeah. I'm, yeah. So they, just, they put them in and they cut to the shot of Serena. And this is like a thing that, this is the face that we haven't seen yet from Yvonne Strahovski because she is like legitimately horrified at what she is watching. And that is not an emotion that we have really seen from her because she doesn't have to get that too much because she's pretty much in charge. Yeah. And so not a lot of terrible things aside from June keeping trying to not run a away. Lot surprises Serena. Yes. Yeah. And this legitimately is shocking and terrible for her. She and, cared about her. I mean. This is not just, these aren't random people for her. I mean, he is, but yeah. she cared about Eden. Yes, she did because she called her a good, pious girl. So she was like convinced like that she was on the up and up. And that nothing bad was going to happen. And I think this genuinely just takes Serena by surprise at this whole situation. And it's hard to outface act Elizabeth Moss, but I think she did it in this one because it was just outstanding. Uh, I believe this is the last scene. Oh, no, second to last scene. This is a short one. June to the kitchen with Nick in the kitchen. And Nick now has lost another person that he decided to have emotions for. And I don't, this is the part where, like I said, anybody can go anywhere at the end of this episode. And Nick, she comes over and tries to touch his hand to comfort him, and he just gets up and walks away. And what does that mean for Nick? I don't know. I don't know where Nick goes from there. I think Nick's that's, not real good with the feels. So. No, I think that's one of those, like, um, I can't feel these emotions and I can't feel this connection right now because I don't know what's on the other side of it. Right. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. know, when you grieve, you feel mm-hmm. like if you, if you begin to grieve, you don't know where... What's on the other side of this grief? Like, are you going to be able to stop? Are you going to, are you going to be able to pick yourself up? Right. Are you going, are you going to give yourself away? I don't yeah. know. And then no. in his case. Yeah, and I just keep coming back to like his backstory with his brother and having had that emotional connection. And like last season, when they, when even when they touch on it very briefly, it clearly was taxing enough for him to join up with Gilead emotionally. For him, it was like he wanted. It, it was just he didn't want to feel connected to anybody anymore. Because he, I think it was a situation where he had put so much of his time and his life and emotions into trying to help his brother and trying to help him out in his life that he was just emotionally spent, right? And so he's when he goes to that recruitment center and Commander Price ends up recruiting him, he's basically at that point like, whatever, just give me something that I can do that doesn't involve you know, connecting with another person that I'm going to screw up. That's kind of how I feel. That's where his head is at. And, he, and now he's got this other person who he tried not to hurt in a different way, but ended up dying anyway because of something that he did unintentionally, right? We we decided that Nick was not intentionally trying to do anything to hurt Eden, per se. I think he thought he was helping her by not connecting with her so that he didn't really hurt her by... I don't think he was thinking of her in that decision. Not at all? No. Not no? Really. No. I really don't. Oh, man. See, maybe I'm giving Nick too much credit. No, and I, I was also going to say, like, I, I didn't read so much into the, when he was at the recruitment center, mm-hmm. I think for him, it was like, I think him being recruited into this Gilead Gestapo mm-hmm. was what happens a lot with any other type of war or any type of regime raising the power, they find the most vulnerable people. Right. And I think they sort of painted Nick as someone who was potentially a person of color. I don't know. It, it, I don't know. Maybe people would disagree with that, but it sort of, to me, kind of played on, like young brown man right. mm-hmm. in this in the city that didn't really have any goals didn't have any was always coming back to the tender to you know get mm-hmm. a job or something and he thought this guy is like young impressionable and totally down and out and yeah. this is mm-hmm. how and that's exactly most who you uh, well, many people in the military 
especially from low-income backgrounds, but that's the only cho- choice that they have to, to make. Yep. I'm not saying people don't serve their country sure. with their whole heart in it, but a lot of times, you, if you look at the demographic, a lot of vulnerable people join right. the Army or join the armed forces because it's an opportunity for them. Absolutely. And it's not always just about like honor and fighting for your country. I think that's kind of how I interpret it. This is also sure. how uh, terrorists look for yes. re- yeah. people they want to recruit. Absolutely, <laughs> people who just are aimless. Yeah, vulnerable people are ripe for recruitment to things. Uh, okay, last scene, and here we go with uh, making us feel the feels for Serena again. Um, June walks by, and Serena is in the nursery, and she is clearly not okay. And I did make a note that I was kind of impressed that June even cared that Serena was not okay at this point in their relationship, um, because I can't, I just can't even wrap my mind around. There are several points in this episode where June has to be the grown up and has to be the person that kind of puts her actual like probably real feelings aside for the person that she's having to deal with, with between Eden and Fred mm-hmm. and even Nick to a certain extent, although she is a little more this episode able to be, you know, as she probably wants to be with him. But she very often with all these people has to like swallow everything yeah, that she's really the and has she to be supposed to be in the situation. Yeah, and she has to be the grown up and be the mature one and do what she what would probably be the correct thing for someone who wasn't didn't have all the history with all these assholes that she has. And so I've just found it even impressive that she even went in the room, but the baby's there. The so. baby's there. I also feel like June sees everybody, everyone's humanity. And also, like, I feel like when you vote, when you witness a thing like that, I wouldn't have wanted to be alone either. I feel like I would I would have yeah. tried to process yeah. it with anybody who was going to be willing to process it with me or just sit with me in that moment. Me too. Yeah. And I think it was, you know, also just a perfect opportunity for her to just be around the baby. Yeah. I think that's yeah. kind of what she was all, 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 maybe partially all she was looking for. Right. Just, being able to walk in there i yeah i had a moment of like being really surprised that she had the guts to like enter the room do you notice that she had the well fuck it face how. though uh-huh yep that for like sure. elizabeth moss well fuck it we'll see right. what happens we'll see what of. happens yeah so, uh, serena does let her in there and uh then she busts out a bible verse thus says the lord even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away and the brave the terrible be delivered for i will contend with he who contends with you and i will save your children I'm not smart enough to interpret all that. So if uh, the people in the social media want to tell me what all that's going on about, that'd be great. I'm, I'm sure everybody will let us know yes. all about those things and all about the verses that we don't know where they come from. And oh, right. right. Well, you know, sort of, I mean, and I I read a lot of the Bible, and I'm not saying I'm a Bible buff, but it didn't really sound like a Bible verse. I don't know. It sounded it's... like literature, but I could be very mm, wrong. I could be, but I don't know. Serena well, tends, Serena can... Ter- right. seen tends to stick to the scripture and she's quoting her stuff i think but so we get to this point where the baby is fussy and serena kind of finally relents and her and june kind of share this moment of her finally accepting the fact that no matter what she does with this child that she's tried to take from this person that she is never going to be the whole mother that she desperately wants to be which is like kind of been her whole reason for existence in this yeah, society well, I, I think it's just a really literal uh open way to visually show that serena is not the baby's real mother because plenty of women can't nurse or choose not to nurse and right. like are great wonderful amazing mothers yeah but for serena like it's just it's visible tangible proof that she is not actually this baby's mother no matter how many times she says she is yeah. right so and i think it's a really interesting also, way to visually represent that situation i'm completely convinced the babies know evil the babies like, can oh, the pick up babies on, can pick up on it oh sure the people 
the people they don't like mm. and ba- I think babies get vibes for sure. Well, I mean, baby sure heard a lot of Serena yelling from in the womb. Mm. Yeah. Negative vibes in the womb, she no good. probably has, a, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was just interesting that, it, like you were saying, that it was a visual representation, but also that Serena let it be that, that she finally kind of relented to the fact that I get it. Like, she knows. And I think that her even admitting that to the fact that she wasn't going to let, mm-hmm. part, that's probably why she didn't want June to be around the baby oh, in the yeah, first definitely. place because it just hammers home for her that she is not this baby's yeah. child and that she, you know, even with the breastfeeding scene where she tries to make this connection and have this thing that, you know, can help her mentally think that she is. Yeah. Just and, it, and research has shown that babies know their mother after they're born, even if their mother is not like the first person they interact with. They know the difference between other people and other women and their mother that just gave birth to them. Wow. Like immediately. Yeah. Um, so it's not. Yeah, it's it's a crazy biological thing again. Right. It's like like, like we have magic. pheromones or something. We yeah. do have pheromones. Well, yeah. Baby the... spends all that time and, you know, inside an actual person. Yeah. You, there's got to be something be some going on. Kind of yeah. yeah. It's pretty amazing. But it, it does make you think about, like, how long would that last? And, right. you know, how important is that? Because sure. plenty of babies are adopted into loving homes and do fine. Like, mm-hmm. there are all kinds of, like, kind of similar in different ways to this situation in the real world um, that is thankfully more sane. Right. Where everybody is fine and happy, and it, it really is the best thing for everybody. But, like, in this crazy, twisted world, it's just so many bad things. Yeah. Well, just also, they, and I guess, like, maybe what I meant by babies being able to pick up on evil is, like, anxiety. You ever oh, see yeah. somebody yeah. like hold? They're holding a baby, but they're like kind of uncomfortable with it, and the baby's just like, oh, ah, like, like don't can't take me away from this person. They're just like, oh, I don't know what to do with this baby. Like Janine's baby with Lady Putnam. Oh yeah, yeah. Lady like that Putnam. whole deal, right? That clearly does not exactly. like babies. So I did make a note that this shot that they end with of June nursing the baby with Serena sitting off to the side, kind of slumped over, kind of realizing that the beauty of what she's seeing, and also this like sorrow that she has that she's just like hanging her head at this moment and kind of feeling this has been the only reason that she's been like, I mean, last week when they were screaming at each other in that room was like, she doesn't have anything. And the only thing she wanted that Fred could give her that he didn't even give her was this baby. And so it's just kind of this realization for her. And again, it leaves us on this point where I have no idea where that character is going to go either. Yeah. No. Zero idea. Oh man. I don't know where she's going. I don't know where Fred's going. I don't know where Nick's going. I don't know where Lydia's going. I have zero idea where anything's going. I don't even know. I don't even like have a good read on where Serena was emotionally in that moment because I kind of read it more as like her just like accepting that she's going to need June. June in this situation. Yeah. Like in order to do right by this child right now, she is going to need June in the house and in the room. And that, that was like hard for her, but maybe she's accepting that. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. This episode was just like, there's a lot. It's, emotionally layered, character layers, just so much going was, on. If I hadn't just recently seen episode 10, I would have been like, this episode was just like too much emotionally. But I feel like after episode 10, I'm still like, yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> I can handle this now. I can handle this now. Like yes. I have been prepped. They set the bar. Yeah. They raised it. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, you thought but it was But it here. was like a real roller coaster in this episode. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But a lot of character development. And again, no idea where this is going. I really, really, really want to learn more about that house that Emily is in. We're going to find out more, I think. 
I want to learn so much more. We're learn next I want to know where he stands. Only two, two one. One, one episode. This is it. Left. This was 12. 13 is next week. Why do I think there were 14? Because there's 13. Oh, I don't know. I'm no. sorry to break it to you. There's only 13. Oh, no. Any predictions? I know. Oh, we're wrapping up. I have no idea. Like, no. zero clue. I don't know. I really hope that Serena starts to find Serena when Fred was in the hospital again. Mm. Maybe. I, 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 I just want all the women to just like stage an uprising and like slash the men. I'm going to leave it on that because I think that's what everyone wants. <laughs> that's what I've wanted the entire time. Is, Off with their heads. Is Gilead Ninja Assassin. I want somebody to come in. Like, I want them all to just drop out oh, of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, the last scene can be that, like, yeah, yeah, yeah song, right? Off with your head. Dance, dance till you're dead. That, heads a roll. Heads a roll. Heads a roll on the floor. That's how we're ending this show. <laughs>